0% finance, 100% confidence. With a 212 Volkswagen Atla Hartz Volkswagen Kilkenny, we have new car offers including low-age PCP finance on a range of models, including the all-electric ID3, the iconic Golf and the new Tiguan, along with service plans at $12.99 per month. Visit lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scally. And you're very welcome to Full Time on KCLR with myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat tonight. And I suppose talk of Hurling's death was greatly exaggerated after a weekend of absolutely brilliant hurling matches. I don't see as many people on Twitter and everything else complaining that the games are ruined. But I'm delighted to start off tonight's show literally with Hurling and I'm joined on the line by Eddie Doyle. Eddie, fabulous weekend to Hurling. A brilliant weekend, Eddie, a brilliant weekend. Uh, really, really good weekend to yeah, and Eddie, we're going to start off, I just want to look at it straight into it with you there because we've a lot of stuff to cover tonight and uh, I, I don't want to leave anything out, but Dublin against Galway, uh, Dublin winning 118 to 114, not in a million years was anyone predicting that. No, it was a brilliant result for Dublin, um, really kind of really well deserved it, to be honest, Um Walked really hard, so they did, and yeah, got their just rewards in the end, yeah, definitely. And just watching the game, I was watching the game with you myself anyway on Saturday, but what were Galway doing? Like, I mean, the first 10 or 15 minutes you turned around and hit me on the leg and said, what are these lads at? They were just going for goal after goal after goal. There was a smack of arrogance off Galway nearly. There was, yeah, and I'm definitely, um, as you know, I'm not being a bit critical of Galway in the last while and definitely on the radio um, saying that they don't get enough goals to, for me to think that they're really serious contenders every year. Uh, but they went totally the opposite way today. It was just goals they wanted, but they were trying to force the issue, I thought, the whole time, and really force them. And it wasn't, the goal chances weren't there. They were trying to make them and make them. And, and then they, they never got going after that. didn't seem to work. And after that didn't work, they just fell us under. They never really got going. And Dublin maybe got a bit of confidence from that, realised these lads are going at us, and they were after stopping them. They were better than what we think they are, maybe, as well. And yeah, I thought Dublin came into the game and, and stayed strong. Probably never got one. Yeah, it was a dogged result for Dublin, and I think, in fairness, Dublin's goalkeeper was probably arguably the man of the match or very close to it. So, um, Galway will probably still have something else to say in the championship this year, but there'll be definitely a lot of soul searching at the moment. But it's it's it was Dublin's day, and in fairness, we we both agreed they deserved it. Yeah, definitely. Like you know, and no one goes out you know to, to lose or at that course when you go in the field you want to win. But it could be a blessing in disguise for Galway. You know, like you said, there might be a bit of soul searching after them. It could be the catalyst for them for the rest of the year, you know. And then the later game in Munster, we had Limerick against Cork. 222 to 117, the final score. Again, I don't know what it is about this Limerick team. Yeah, they scored two goals. First time I've seen them scoring a goal in a while, but I don't know. It's just, it's just like they play hurling in third gear. Yeah, well, hopefully they're not. Hopefully they're not playing hurling in third gear because it's not like a car. You can't just select gears whenever, whenever you want. So hopefully, like. Hopefully for their sake, they're and they're hurling to the best of their ability every day they go out, and hopefully for for everyone else that they're not, like, you know. So, um, but no, definitely they're not, they're just a great team, and fairness, um, they're, uh, they're very very good anyway. And just looking at that Limerick team there, they, they racked up another two goals and 22 points. Wing back coming up the field and burying a goal. Like, are the signs on the wall? Is is it ominous for everybody else that this Limerick team are going to take an awful lot of beating this year? Look, they're definitely going to take an awful lot of beating, but there's teams every year that are going to take an awful lot of beating. Like, there's no one's name on the trophy yet, and look, I know 
whether you're like any of you're from Cork again who might get another staff at them or, or Tipperary or whoever like they're not going to give anything to Limerick you want to have to come and earn it too like you know then the other game of the weekend um, tip against Clare three goals and 23 points the two goals and 22 points brilliant high scoring game a lot of action end to end stuff but let's not kid ourselves that's not what we're talking about after that game Eddie what was the story with that call absolutely well, I'm baffled with, with everyone else in the country as well um, that was bizarre it was I don't know I don't know how how, how we came to, came to that conclusion you can read whatever rules you want you can read whatever varies of the rules you want but I don't know how we came to that conclusion to be honest and, and the decision itself like from, from my understanding of it reading the papers today listening to people talking about it is if it's a goal scoring opportunity allow play to develop if you can if you can't then it's a, it's a clinical foul and a goal scoring opportunity the resultant is a penalty and a black card or a simbin yellow card simbin um, for the player I suppose just looking at the decision first and foremost was it a goal scoring opportunity? No, I, look, it wasn't. It was out on on the sideline. I mean, if you're, um, if, you, if you're if you're a cornerback, which seems to be the, the, you know the topic of conversation at the minute, all about these cornerbacks and cynical play and all that. If you're a cornerback and you have your opponent out that at that point of the field, out on the sideline, you're happy because it's that's where you want it because it's not a goal scoring. No matter who he is, if you have your opponent out there, you're, you're happy enough. Like. So for me, regardless of what the players were doing or who was back covering and who wasn't. It definitely wasn't a goal scoring opportunity. 100% it wasn't a goal scoring opportunity. And this decision, did it cost clear the game? Um, it, it, it definitely obviously didn't help him. But even even Jamie Callan's goal as well, which, you know, maybe if the other decision hadn't uh, gone the way it was, Jamie Callan's goal was a, was a fluke. Keeper definitely uh, should have done better. So for me, Tip got two very lucky goals and that's probably what swung them for me the, the two goals um, like I said the keeper I don't know what keeper was doing um, for Shady Callan's body did he get the hurl I think he got the hurl to it maybe not strong enough but he, he was beaten at the near side with a poor shot I know it was a miss hit like and it was probably put the keeper off a little bit but no keeper at any level should be beaten like that in my opinion yeah but before I let you get off off on this one it's if if if, if decisions like this are going to define the season you know, what do we need to do here? Like, before this... Like, this rule is here to stay for the rest of this year. And if that was a knockout championship match and Clare were now out of the championship, the whole country would be up in arms here. And, like, do we need to do something to help the referees? Or was, you know... Because referees are going to make oh, mistakes. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Like, definitely, you have to take that grey area out of it, you know. I'm thinking an awful lot about it. And if they want to punish the famous cornerback for cynical fouls or anyone for a cynical foul like that, I don't think he can do it with a general rule like that. For me, thinking about it an awful lot there since the match yesterday, like you know, could could they do something like make the the big parallelogram, say the fourteen yards uh, box? Could could they make that bigger? Say extend it out to the twenty-one, say and include the D, and maybe bring a ten yards either side. Then you have a bigger area where you're defending with the risk of giving away a penalty, but you've got lines on the field, and all of a sudden it's either inside or it's outside, and it's not. We're not debating the area of the field you know we're back to debate whether it's a penalty or not not was it inside or was it a goal scoring opportunity for me I think that's definitely it makes it black and white like you know make make that parallelogram bigger um, putting the defenders under pressure again because that seems to be what they want to do and then um, yeah if it's inside the new parallelogram you call it well then it's a penalty and from what you've seen this weekend who's going to win the All-Ireland? Ah, too early to call 
but from what you've seen this weekend Eddie you'll have to put your name on one of them teams look <laughs> um, I know I'm biased but I was very impressed with Kenny the other day I was very impressed with the win the nature of the win and you know I was, I, with how competitive they were the panel which we've questioned uh, for the last couple of years for me I was very impressed with Kenny Limerick are going to be there thereabouts but look I think Kilkenny Limerick maybe tip I suppose when it comes to it if they get through a Munster final and get straight to a semi-final maybe or a straight to a semi-final then uh, yeah, who, who knows well, one thing's for sure we're going to have a great summer I know everybody in the back door will not want to draw Clare now anyway because every referee in the country will be going soft on them feeling sorry for them um, Eddie Doyle thanks a million for taking my call I look forward to chatting to you again next week take care right? take care that's brilliant that is of course Eddie Doyle catching up with all things hurling on us there and I'm going to take an ad break right there full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny lahartskoda.ie and you're very welcome back to full time here with myself, Eddie Scally on KCLR. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line there now to talk all things Carlo by Brendan Hennessy. Brendan, good evening. Evening, Eddie. Brendan, we're going to start off with, it's just a, a very sad note. Um, you know, we got news this morning on the passing of uh, Carlo Camogie, legend really, Pat O'Brien. It was, it was very sad news there uh, coming out of Carlo. Yes, it was, uh, Eddie. Uh, very sad indeed. Um, I got the breaking news yesterday evening. I knew Pat very well. I knew Pat from the time I was very young, but people in Carlow, outside of the GAA, would have known Pat. He was a familiar figure in town. Uh, an elder of Donegal, but a man that done powerful work in Carlow for the GAA uh, since his early days in Carlow. And he, he specialised in the small ball. He was an, an advocate of the camogie and the hurling. And I can remember back, uh, I went to school in the CBS primary, and just lads all my vintage... Um, would remember Pat used to actually call into the school and he would be encouraging guys to play hurling. And at that time in their own Carlow Town, you had Carlow Town Hurling Club and that was it. Now, thankfully, we've said Hanta Hurling Club was flying at underage level and uh, Carlow Town Hurling Club. But Pat was one of the people back in the day when uh, hurling wasn't as strong, but yet Carlow had some great things back in the day. But he's seen potential with the population that and he worked so hard and I think... Yeah, with all the great work he's done over the years, he would have been very proud back in 2016 when Carroll actually lifted the All-Ireland Junior title. It was massive for Carroll that day on the same day that Kenny lifted the Intermediate and the Senior. But he was a man that was deeply involved from, from the early days and with the rejuvenation of Camogie and Carroll over the last number of years, he had a big part to play. But uh, he was very much loved in the GAA in Carroll and in, in various other counties. And uh, he was he was a great man. He was very well known. And his, his uh, sons and his family are all very much involved now. Um, I know Patrick is out in Fenna and, and uh, Padjo's here in Carlow. Padjo was the man who filmed all of their roles. Great success over the years. When he was a young fella, he was on the video camera and he videoed all the matches. And so they were, they're, they're steeped in GA history and he was a great man and he's a huge loss. I know he, he had a bad run of health over the last number of years, but he was a nice golfer as well. He was very much involved in pitch and put in the very early days in Carlow. And uh, he, worked with, he worked with Irish Sugar. So he was part and parcel uh, and married to a lovely Carla woman as well. So it's very sad, Eddie, and it's very nice of you to think of him the starting off this evening on the programme. So just deep simply to all Pat's family and all his friends in Carla Camogie and Carla GL. Yeah, and from all of us here at KCLR as well, they were very nice words, Brendan, and we do all pass on our sympathies to Pat's family. Uh, Brendan, just talking matters on the pitch then, we just switch our attention to there. Um, obviously, the, the the first game I want to talk to you about is that the Hurlers lost to Westmead, 18 points to 23. You know, it's it's a disappointing end to the season there for, for Tom and Ali's team. Yeah, and, and Eddie, they were willing, as you were probably listening to, whether maybe you got in your head in the door being a Westmead fan, but um, they, were, they were well in it, and uh, to be fair, 
I don't think anybody could argue at the end of the 70 minutes that the best team possibly won the match. And uh, the score, I suppose, at the end probably was a little bit unfair on Carla because it was nip and tuck right throughout. Uh, Westmead could have got well ahead in the first half because they had, I think Westmead ended up with eight wide in that first half to Carlos four or five. But Carlo did get the opportunities and Carlo got the real goal chance in the game and just didn't put it away. And I believe if they had to put that away at that time, they were in the driving seat. But Westmead substitute seemed to work very well. They brought in players that uh, have plenty of experience and would have been around the block. And I think Westmead's experience in playing in Division 1 of this year uh, really suited them uh, in the end in Carlo on Saturday because they finished the game very, very strongly and played very well. They've had nice, efficient hurling, picked off a few lovely points. And to a man, they all played very, very well. Now, we all know, and it was very much highlighted, uh, Marty Cavanaugh was a massive loss for Carlo. Um, the Whelan's a ball and killing their injuries there as well. And, you know, with a small pick in Carlo, Carlo need everybody. And to be fair to the lads who lined out, they gave it their all. They performed very well until there, particularly the second half the week before. They gave it a fair shot on Saturday. It was nip and tuck, and Westmead only knew they had the game won when the final whistle was gone because Carlo fought uh, tooth and nail to try and win it, Eddie. But just fell short on the day. It was a great pity because the target would have been to get the Croke Park on Leinster final day, and it would have been great because we had it a few years ago, the John McDonough final. And uh, with Kenny now in the final, and if Carroll had been there, it would have been a fantastic day in particular for us here in the station. But uh, it just wasn't to be. It just fell short, and it was a great pity. But no one could take it from Westmead. Westmead are a lovely team. They played well, and uh, I wish them well in the final. Yeah, just just on that, Brendan. Like, there, there's two questions I want to ask. You know, obviously, you know, we've been lucky enough down this way for the last number of years to see Marty Cavan applying his trade there. He's you know, he's, he's a huge, huge loss. He'd be a huge loss to any team. He'd make any team in the country and he'd be a massive loss to them. I suppose the first question is, you know, is a loss like Marty Cavan, is that, that a six, seven point loss to a team like Carlo, number one? And number two is, I know you've you've touched on it there a little bit, but like the Carlo League campaign versus the West Meads League campaign, like that must be worth 10 points to West Mead going into a game against a team like Carlo. Yeah, it probably is. Um, yeah, and Marty is, Marty is saying the average is around 11 or 12 points per, per game. And he's a great leader on the field as well and has been fantastic over the last number of years. Now, I know the point you're making is how, how big of a loss is he. That's not taken away from what the lads did on Sunday or Saturday. They really played well. And I just want to go back on something there for a minute before someone just texts in to correct me. Um, Carlo are still hanging by a thread in the Joe McDonough, but of course Kildare have to win in Mullingar for the three teams to finish at two points and then it's the calculator time. But Carlo's scoring difference wouldn't be superior now. The, the one by... Uh, I think that the difference is probably two so we won't even worry about that now if Westmead win in Mullingar Westmead are in the final so they're they're probably 1-28 to 28 to go and win that match even though David Herity has done a fantastic job with Kildare so that's just a cover up on yes. saying that I wish them the very best in the final I, I, I didn't mean it that way but I just have to give Kildare a bit of respect and fairness David has done a great job with the lads and uh, I wish them all on Saturday also uh, yeah back to Marty he would be an average 11 point man Mark, uh, Eddie and he would be always very capable of scoring goals as well, and he makes the team. The team always plays very well around him. He's he's had as many proved that with St Mullins in the let the Leinster Championship the year they got to the final as well, and he's been he's been part and parcel of the Carlo senior team from a very young age. Um, very very good. And again, you have to remember the pick that Carlo have, and they're trying to keep football and hurling going in the county. Like five five senior clubs, as Pat Cody said to me one time when they played Galway in the in the championship two years ago. Like you ask Galway or Kenny to pick a senior team to play in Croke Park from four teams in the county. That's what Carlo were doing. Now they have five because Bagnastown Gales are back senior. But uh, that's exactly what they're doing. They're picking from four teams. They're picking from just 100 players. So they're similar to the carries of this world and the leashes of this world. And with me to a certain extent as well, it wouldn't have a massive pick as you know yourself, but they would have a few more clubs. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it is without question. Like, it's, it is very hard to, to operate at that. And, but, like, the National League experience, like, with Carlo, like, Westmead, the opponents Westmead would have played in the National League. Like, I mean, the last day I looked at Westmead, we were playing Tipperary. Like, you get a second on the ball against a team like Tipperary. If you make a mistake, you're punished. You know, it's 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 yeah. just how you play. And and it, it, that's where Carlo need to get back to, I think. They need to be playing against these, these teams week in, week out. And that'll improve them. It will. The only thing I would look at, Eddie, and I know that you have done great in the last few years, and there was a little bit of a row a few years ago from the Christie ring. It was kind of ring fence that you had to win another match. You have to win that they go back up to play in Division 1. The, the way I would look at some of the matches is, OK, fair, in fairness to Westmead a few weeks back, they were only beaten by two points by Waterford. I think it was 122 to 119 or 120, whatever uh, the case may be. Then they got a little bit of a walloping as well. But to go from the John McDonough after winning it, to go back in to the Leinster Championship proper, there there is a gulf there. And, and, and that has been proved in the last few weeks with results as well. Now, Dublin kicked on a few years ago. They were playing the likes of Carlo in the league. Dublin kicked on and they've, do, they've done very, very well. Cheddar has come back in and leash and uh, he's, he's doing his best there. But it's going to be difficult. It'll be interesting to see how Leash and Antrim work out at the weekend because Antrim are a much improved side as well. But to me, there still is a gulf, no matter what the teams in the Joe McDonough do, uh, to go back up in Leinster, there still is a gulf. But I think the great thing about hurling is that there is a division there for all teams. And I know some people have objected to it in relation to football and everyone is entitled to have a crack at uh, Sam Maguire and this, that and the other. Look, Carlo competed very well last week against Longford in the Gaelic football. And Longford out yesterday, and I think were beaten by me by 25, maybe 30 points. So, you know, there's, there's gulfs and there's this, and there's no other level for senior football teams to play at. They're all into one competition. Whereas the advantage for hurling is you have the Lowry Mar, you have the Christie Ring, you have the John McDonough and the Leinster. But the gap between John McDonough and playing in the Leinster Championship is massive. Now, in saying that, to be fair to Carlo, they gave Galway a fair rattle two years ago in Salt Hill. And if there had been a Carlo roar that day, when there was three points, I believe, towards the end of the match, they possibly could have got over the line on that given day under Colin Bonner. But it, 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 it's so hard to keep it going with the number of players they have. But the lads are all fantastic. They have great attitude. But it just that is so difficult when you get there to do it. And, and Carlo did get exp- that experience a few years ago because when, when the one the John McDonough at Limerick came to town and that was three years ago and it was a terrific night here Netwatch Cullen Park was absolutely packed so your point is valid when you do play against the bigger teams like the Pekennies and the Limericks and the Tipperaries you will improve but panels like Carlo and Westmead and Leash and Antrim you have to have strength and depth and you have to have the numbers and I believe that's where they kind of fall down and you know you'll pick your best 15 players but you're picking from a very, very small pool. And if you look across the board, we mentioned Marty been injured. Uh, Dermot Byrne is not available for Carlo this year due to working commitments. His brother Edward is injured. Those two guys would be first-choice players to play for Carlo. I mentioned the wheelings of Ballon Killen. Uh, injuries there as well. So you're down possibly five, not taking anything away from the lads out there. But when the pool is small, you really need your best 15 on the field. And it's very hard to sustain that. And Tom put out his best 15 on Saturday. They could have won the match. They were a little bit unlucky. Tom was a little bit unhappy with one or two of the decisions at the start of the second half. But would Westmead did finish the game very, very strongly. And before I let you go off, because I want to ask you another question just about the, the footballers and the hurlers collectively, but our under-20 footballers, Carlos under-20 footballers played Wexford on Friday night, I think it was, eight points to 2-9. Wexford won that game. Um, yeah. I don't know if you'd seen the game, but it's, it's, a, it's an incident that's come out of what happened before the game. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but no. it's it's been it's been strongly rumoured in Wexford that Davy Fitzgerald was brought up to Carlo to give a motivational speech to the Carlo team before they played Wexford in a knockout football championship match. I'm just wondering, what would you think of that? 
Well, if it happened, I'd find it very hard to believe. Oh, it definitely uh, happened, uh, Brendan. 100% it, it happened. Well, well, I'll be honest with you, it's the very first I have heard of it, and I've been the thick of it here. <laughs> and it's the very first I heard of it. It wasn't that the match because I wasn't around. I broke bro- it in Dublin and it wasn't here. Uh, that's the very first I've heard of it, to be honest with you, but I'd be I'd be surprised if that happened. But uh, I know Davy has strong contacts in Carlow. But um, if he was, if he's training in Wexford and he's over the, the Wexford early game, I find it very strange for someone associated with Wexford to do something for Carlo. But um, I like Davy. <laughs> <laughs> Davy, I don't, I don't know whether, whether he's listening tonight, but. Uh, I find that hard to believe but if it happened it happened but it is the very first I've heard of it No I said it's not a knock on your door to, uh, uh, Brendan if anyone was going to c- confirm the story <laughs> or not it'd be, you'd be the man but I know I'm sure when this interview ends you'll be picking up the phone to ring somebody else to find out what the hell's going on here but the only other thing I would have for you is like the couple of years back Carlo Rising the whole Spectrum. There was a real buzz around Carlo, and unfortunately, on a year like this, you know, we can dress it up any way we want. It's it does pitter out when when it all finishes so quickly. You know, what what would you really hope, or what will Carlo need to do? You know, over the next couple of months, or you know, it leading into next year to try and get this whole Carlo rising scene going again. Yeah, well, good question. Like underage success is hard in a small county as well. And um, the good, the positive I would see from that with the Carlo rising from a few years ago. It's not too long ago that in Carlow, like Burroughs Vocational School do, do very well and, and compete very well in the hurling and there's a great uh, brand of hurling coming from South Carlow and in Carlow Town in particular the, the CBS uh, won an All-Ireland title a few years ago and it's great when you look at the Carlow senior football team now it's like it's when you look at the Kilkenny hurling team and see how many fellas have come through the CBS in Kilkenny and St. Clarence College um, you know you look at the Carlow senior football team now and there's four to five of the team that were successful um, in Croke Park a number of years ago now playing senior football for Carlos so that in itself was a big positive the, the, the thing that's happened at the moment and to answer your question the Carlos Rising thing was terrific because the results were going Carlos way they won Christy Rings they won Joe McDonough's the football team did really really well in uh, 2018 then as you know the beat Kildare which a lot of people in the GA world were shocked but we weren't because we knew the great work that was going in with Carlos the quality players they went to play Dublin in uh, Port Leash and by all accounts, the match should have been in Carlow. It was, it was, a, it was farcical that Carlow people didn't get a home game against Dublin on that occasion. They competed very well that night. They made a big name for themselves. And Monaghan came to Carlow then, who were Division 1, and were competing in All-Ireland semi-finals over the last number of years in Ulster titles, uh, Ulster finals. And uh, they got out of Carlow by a point. Tyrone came the year after, still part of the Carlow Rising, and they got out by a very narrow victory as well. And we're looking to get out of Carlow. Carlow took the lead with a few minutes to go and Tyrone got out by the skin of their teeth. They were competing well, everything was going very well in Carlow, it was on a high, it worked, and people believed in Carlow that it could work. Um, to go back to that thing, it's interesting that you asked me, because I asked Niall Crew after the game in Tullamore last week, what's the plan now uh, for the team and the panel, and he said that they'll have to do a lot of work off the field, they'll go back to the clubs, but they will work and look back over the year to see what has happened and see where they're going and Tom said exactly the same I think the lads might have had the post-match interview yesterday on Saturday that I did with Tom uh, with the hurlers and he said we'll, we'll analyse and assess uh, the year unfortunately it's not the longest year ever the league as you know was in the four or five matches were over you're into the Joe Mack you play two matches and you have to sit back and wait for the third one to happen there's not a lot of hurling they're back to their clothes but Tom said himself they will analyse the year look to the future and keep working with the lads off the field as well as to go back into play uh, senior for the counties and it's the same it's the same at all levels and I've seen Jim Bulger the chairman of the county board uh, encouraging the lads who stepped into the, the ring uh, the lads in the middle of the pitch on Saturday and you know they've given their all and they're very committed and, and there's, there's fellas very proud to pull on that Carlow jersey 
and do well. But it just wasn't to be this year, and uh, the footballers bowed out, and the hurlers, unfortunately, they're hanging by a thread in the John Mack. It'll be a miracle if they get there, but um, it will come good again, Eddie, but the pick, as I say, is not great, and the underage success is not great, and when you haven't got that, you're in a bit of trouble. The positive is the minors are playing Kildare on Saturday in Newbridge, and they had a great win over Wicklow, a very highly competitive game, and last week under Damien McMahon, Damien is the manager. story, he's done a good job with the lads, and they believe that they can do well, and if they believe they can do well and go up to Newbridge and get a result on Saturday, fantastic, that would be great for Carlow football. It will be difficult going to Kildare to win the match, but if they believe they can go and do it, I firmly believe that at under-17 level, you can play one team tonight, and the result could be one way, and you could play the same team next week, and the result could be the other way. So they have every chance of going and playing well in Kildare and winning the match. But that's what Carlo need. They need underage success uh, going forward, and they need everybody with their shoulder to the wheel in a small county. Brendan, as always, absolutely brilliant to chat to you. Very best look to the Carlo Miners this weekend, and I look forward to speaking with you over the next couple of weeks again. So thanks a million for taking the call, Brendan. Thanks, Eddie. That is, of course, Brendan Hennessy there that was bringing us up to date with all things Carlo, and we're going to take another ad break right there. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. Last weekend, of course, the Irish Open, the world of golf, all shun on Kilkenny in the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, which was held in Mount Juliet Estate here in Kilkenny. And flying the flag for Kilkenny as well was our own legend, DJ Carey, who played in the Pro Am on Wednesday. DJ, how's things? Oh, good, Eddie. Good, Eddie. Hope all well. Very good, thanks, DJ. You you got to to play Mount Juliet on on Wednesday morning, and I suppose I'd known you and known how much of a golf fan you are. You got, I'd say, the the, the prize draw. You got to play with Rory McIlroy. That must have been some buzz. Ah, uh, sure it was, Eddie. Sure, you know, I I wasn't expecting it at all. You know, I, I myself and Henry were playing a little bit together there, trying to prepare for it, expecting to be playing together in the pro am, and uh, you know, uh, I would have thought that you know Rory would probably be playing with someone from Dubai duty free or some of those and you know we might get a great draw like Shane Lowry or Padraig Harrington who would be GA guys but uh, when the names came out sure you know it was uh, sure it was just fantastic really and and just just in a situation like that DJ like I mean you know you, you've took freeze in Crow Park you've shot from everywhere does the hand get a little bit sweaty when you're standing on the first tee box and Rory McIlroy is standing know. over your shoulder yeah no it does you know and, and like you know at, at that time like you know, there's I don't know how many how many photographers were there, but <laughs> it looked like there was a hundred anyway. And then there was people there to watch Rory. You know, like you know, he is he is the the main draw. No matter who else would be in it, and even over the four days, he was the main draw. So you know, so it was, and it's not it's not exactly my you know or Henry's or any amateur's comfort zone. We're all or we're good at what we've done ourselves, uh, but then you're you're stepping into to someone else's territory, so there's always a certain amount of, of pressure there, yeah. And and just around the golf itself with him, you were playing with Johnny Sexton as well. Um, like, did you, did you play well within yourself on on the day? I played I played pretty well. I was, I was fairly happy uh, at four birdies uh, on the round, and then you know I also had uh, I I play off a handicap of two, so I had pars where those two shots were. So that would you know in in that sort of format give you you know, uh, uh, net birdies so as well. So I was very, very happy. But it was a, it was a nice format, uh, Eddie, you know. And, and to be honest, I didn't even know the format or I didn't even know we were keeping scores. Or, uh, you know, I was on a winner 
starting out by playing with 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 Rory. So I didn't care, you know. It's, it's always nice to play well, uh, and that would you know, and especially when there's people following you. But uh, the biggest prize of all was to play with him. Of course, and like for you yourself, DJ, were you were you milling him for a few tips there? Was he showing you how to play it out of the bunker properly? Yeah, or? yeah no, I uh, you know I asked him a couple of times, and 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 to be fair, I you know I wouldn't divulge what we spoke about, Eddie. But you know, like uh, we spent a good uh, two or three minutes there down the fifth area. I was asking him what he was working on, and. Uh, you know, he was explaining it to me, and uh, of course, you try to go out in the next few holes <laughs> and try it yourself. So, you know, if it's good enough for him, it has to be good enough for me. But you know, I think I, I, I think I'd need to be uh, spending a, a few weeks or months on the driving range to get him right. And, and DJ itself, just the, the whole Irish Open event in Mount Juliet, it was brilliantly, you know, portrayed on TV. Mount Juliet Estate looked absolutely wonderful. But again, for you as a golfing fan, you know, to see these players in your native county playing, you know, like what type of enjoyment did that bring to you? Sure. Look, Eddie, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're fierce lucky in Kilkenny that sport is so big, you know, and uh, we're very lucky then that we, we have, uh, a place like Mount Juliet because not every county has a, a place like it and uh, that can host you know with brilliant golf courses like our own one there in Gorn and everything but you know to have something exceptional pretty much on your doorstep like Mount Juliet and um, you know I, I don't know what the the number of tournaments but definitely it must be it's uh, seventh or eighth time to host uh, you know something as, as prestigious so uh, you know, I, I do hope that I don't know where, whether the Irish uh, Open has been announced again or not, but there is a slight talk it might be back in Mount Juliet next year uh, because of the fact that they didn't get a really great run of it with crowds. But you know, there was whatever two or three thousand people there uh, each day over the weekends. But as we, we all know, uh, it could hold thirty, forty thousand uh, people a day, and you can imagine what that would do for Kilkenny over a week. And, and DJ, just when you're on that point about two or three thousand attending, like, what, you know, we're in a really difficult time with COVID and it's, you know, everyone's having their own struggles to try and get through it. How did it feel with that crowd? Did it feel quite stark and empty or was there a, a bit of a buzz and an atmosphere with it? Well, um, you know, I was down there now yesterday, which which was my only day down there. And, you know, Rory and Shane Lowry were, were certainly, you know, Graham McDowell, uh, Tommy Fleetwood. These guys were they. They had big crowds. You know, it's very hard to see uh, to see them because they were taking the vast majority of the crowd. So um, it just still it just still very hard to see it. And I think if you know if we had uh, a, a big crowd, and we all understand why it can't be there, why we can't have crowds at the moment. But if we ha- did have, you know, they would be following everyone. And and, and like the. Just with the the winner himself, Lucas Herbert, finishing on nineteen under par. Like he he really led from from start to finish. To be fair to the guy, he like he got off to a flyer on Thursday and he, he never looked back. Well, Eddie, like it, it might be, it might look simple on the television to anyone that's watching it. But I, I'm obviously very fortunate to very fortunate to play with Rory at the weekend now or on last Wednesday. Now, he was hitting that ball an absolute mile off the tee. But he still had a long way to go in with with a lot of second shots, you know. So these guys, like, are, are going in and, and shooting whatever it was, 18 or 19 under par over four days. And the length of the course, it's just, it's just a, a massive course. So it just 
tells you how good they actually are and you know the quality of how they can play and it's, it's a matter of whether the puts actually fall or not on the day because you know I, uh, we, we parked a little bit there yesterday at the uh, 13th hole in Mount Juliet a couple of the fellas went in the water with their second shot they had 60 yard pitches on for you know their next shot and both of them played the exact same way bounced the ball two or three foot from the flag it went seven feet past and zipped uh, the whole way back you know it's just exceptional uh, how these guys can do it and it's uh, it's mind blowing to see them at their best no, it's absolutely brilliant to have them here in Kilkenny, DJ. And uh, fingers crossed, we will have the Irish Open again at Mount Juliet next year, and maybe we'll be able to fill the place to the rafters, and we'll be all able to enjoy it much better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, as I say, we, we we're just so lucky to to have it on our doorstep. As I say, we're going, but many great courses around Kilkenny, and uh, many great courses not too far away either. So you know, all those all those benefit. Uh, they would all benefit uh, if we had the crowds and uh, please God we can get them back before too long. No, fingers crossed. DJ, thanks a million for taking my call and I look forward to chatting to you soon over the summer again. Lovely, Eddie. Thanks a lot. That is, of course, DJ Carey chatting to us about the Irish Open last week where he got to play with Rory McIlroy and I'm sure that was a great buzz for Rory McIlroy to be playing with our DJ Carey who's a legend in his own right. We're going to take one more ad break there and then we'll be covering the Kilkenny-Wexford Leinster semi-final after this. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to full time. I've saved the very best for last. It's the Leinster semi final last Saturday between uh, Wexford and Kilkenny. The scoreline ended at two goals and 37 points to Kilkenny, uh, two goals and 29 points to Wexford after extra time. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by former Kilkenny star Owen Larkin. Owen, what did you make of it? Even Eddie, yeah, it was, uh, it was an exciting game, I suppose. Um, obviously, the late Kenny got the, got the win in, in the end, but it didn't look likely with about 30 seconds to go. Uh, once again, we got the Hawkeye decision, I think, and, you know, kicked on very well in extra time to, to win it well. So, um, look, delighted to be in the Leicester final. And, um, you know, we'd have a tough, a tough game in the Leicester final against Dublin, as we've seen. They had a great win on Saturday as well. So, look, obviously, just delighted to be there. Yeah, just, just taking the game on its own, merits own. Um, like you know, you'd know more than, than than most, and more than definitely more than me. And the effort and and and, and work rate that the players have to put into their own conditioning uh, to prepare for 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 county county hurling matches like that. But the the Kilkenny hurling team's fitness levels, like it's been well documented that this Wexford team are meant to be at a different level in fitness wise. But it seemed to be the Kilkenny bench and the Kilkenny superior fitness that got them through with an extra time. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, last year there was probably questions about Kenny's fitness and um, people were kind of, kind of questioning were they fit enough for, for Inter-County Hurland. You know, like they had a new new strength and conditioning coach in last year, Mickey Comfort, and he's had a, he's had a year to prepare um, for this year. You know, I probably had a short enough kind of spell with him last year, not probably ideal um, with, with the restrictions and all that kind of stuff with COVID. So they had a you know, a curtail kind of a year last year, but I'm sure he's got to know some of the players now over the over the last couple of months and got to know their needs and things like that. You know, you'd have to give him credit. Um, I know him personally myself, and you know he's a very good uh, strength and conditioning coach. He's, he's big into it. Uh, he knows an awful lot about it. So uh, obviously, you know that's paying dividends now. And you know, as you say, it's a, it's a huge part of the game now, and you have to be ready for 
you know, not just 70 minutes, but, you know, extra time as well. And uh, Kilkenny, obviously, you know, they, they were they topped the charts in that kind of, in that department uh, on Saturday as well. And, you know, we always talk about Kilkenny's hurling ability. They have that in abundance. And, you know, if you mix all those things together, you know, you you're, you, you get a good result and, and that's what we got Saturday as well Yeah, no, definitely Owen and I think like watching back I watched the game again on Sunday sometimes it's hard to take it all in in the first time and I did notice there was six or seven Wexford players down cramping in the in the first half of extra time and then the fact that Wexford didn't score in the last kind of half of extra time would be testament to the, the work rate and effort that was being put in by the, the Kilkenny bench one of the things I did notice during the game while I was watching it was a Twitter post from Owen Larkin there uh, bemoaning uh, a refereeing decision which didn't shock me Owen now I didn't lose control of the car or like that when I seen it coming up in front of me but <laughs> uh, it, it, I suppose it, 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 having time to digest the match now and the whole lot uh, let's talk about the referee decision that drove you wrong yeah look it's, it's not even it's not even such a refereeing decision it is. It's it's hurling in general at the moment. You know, like a lot of people said that Fergal Horgan let the game go, and he did to a certain extent. But there was a couple of instances where he just did blow it up. Uh, you know, for really minor things. Like there was one shoulder to shoulder challenge. It was a very good shoulder, and if I gave that shoulder, I'd be and there was a free give against me. I'd be like a dog. But you know, I think that's just look. That's just the way hurling has gone, and I think we just have to accept that. Um, but it's 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 a shame because it's a hard skill to. It's a hard skill to do to, to me, a lad, shoulder to shoulder now. And when you do get one then and there's a free blown against it, it, you know, it, it's just very frustrating. But like I said, you know, that's the way the game is going and I think we just have to accept it. And just, just on it, like, I mean, to be fair, like, I looked at a lot of the newspapers on Sunday. I've listened to a lot of the talks after the game and, you know, Fergal is, is coming in for a lot of praise. It's ironic, really. He's coming in for a huge amount of praise because the refereeing has been so poor up to this point yeah. that if, you know, it'd be like you hitting 20 wides last week and getting three points tomorrow and everyone saying you're a right fella again, you know. But yeah. I think that's what might have happened there a little bit. Just with the black card incident, with Owen getting the black card, um, no issue with that or... or uh, look, I, I think that was probably the most clear-cut one of the, the whole lot. Um, and, and to be honest about it, I think he needed to it all day long. Um, Darren Brett, when he came in, done very well. He nearly saved the penalty. So, you know, it was probably a certain goal. Had he not done it, and, like, had Darren got, got more of a hurl to the penalty, he would have kept out the goal, you know. And, you know, it's, it's a tough one to take, like, but, you know, I think Kenny responded very well after it. And that was the important part of it. So I think if a lad is true on goal like that, you know, you're going to take the black card or the yellow plus, whatever is, is going. So, um, like, I don't think he could, he, I don't think he would have any complaints at all. You know, he'd probably do what he was doing. Does the punishment, is it too strong for the crime though, Owen? You know, you're giving away a penalty and you're down to 14 men. Like, I know they scored the goal, which makes it worse. So you now you're three points down and down to 14 men. Is the penalty... Is it enough just to give a team a penalty? The, the black card has to be included as well? Yeah, I, I, personally, myself, I think the penalty is probably enough because, you know, it's not like the old penalty where you have three yards on the line. You know, the likelihood is that you're going to score from a penalty. You know, lads are, are so technically good at it now that they're, they're just able to place it. They're not just throwing it up and, and lacing it anymore. So they're placing it in a, you know, a big enough goal with one person in it. So I think the penalty is probably enough. And, you know, as we've seen probably in, in, in uh, Tipperary and Clare yesterday, I think Tipperary outscored uh, player 2-4 to, to no score, you know, at that time where they got the black card as well. So it's, it's probably it's probably very harsh to go down to 14 men uh, and give away a penalty and probably more than likely a goal. Um, it's, it's a harsh one to take, but like I said, Owen Murphy, 
No, 100% the one I'm going to press you with one final question after what you've seen over the last two weeks now with Hurling who do you think is the most likely contender to win this year's All-Ireland? Uh, I think Limerick are still there, there I thought Limerick uh, would struggle with the new rules you know with the kind of physical element gone out of it maybe a small bit I thought it would struggle but uh, I, I think they're still the, they're still the team to beat and anyone that beats them I think will will have a great chance to win the All-Ireland no, Brilliant Owen as always an absolute pleasure to talk to you and thanks a million for taking my call here this evening no matter any, thanks a million. That is, of course, Owen Larkin there, Kilkenny Hurling legend, and James Stevens' man there. He would have been, I'm sure, absolutely thrilled to see Kilkenny performance so well, as were all of us on Saturday. And fair juice to him uh, pointing out Mickey Comfort's great work there as the strength and conditioning coach with Kilkenny. It did stand to them at the end. That's the end of this week's full time. Just really quickly want to say thanks to tonight's contributors, DJ Carey, who came in to talk to us about Mount Juliet and the Dubai Judy Free Irish Open. Brendan Hennessy bringing us up to date with all things Carlo. Eddie Doyle talking to us about all things in Hurling and of course Owen Larkin who chatted to us about the Kilkenny and Wexford game I look forward to speaking with you all again next Monday Owen Carey is up next after looking after me for the last hour he left to look after himself so that's it from me Eddie Scally I look forward to speaking to you all again next week on Full Time at La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056-7704-700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.